Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. So one of the things that I collect are antique success books from the late 19th century, early 20th century. And I love these books because first, they're super earnest, and which is really refreshing in this sort of age of irony and sarcasm that we live in. And it's just nice to see someone who wrote so sincerely. I also like them because they focus on developing your character. That was what they're all about in the late 19th century. You develop a character, and it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, because you had a strong character. That's what mattered, and I like that message. And the other reason I like them is that usually they tell these ideas or impart teachings by stories or allegories. And that's why I love this book that just came out by Alden Mills. He is the creator of The Perfect Push-Up retired Navy SEAL, and his book is called Be Unstoppable, The Eight Essential Actions to Succeed at Anything. And I love this book because it was almost, it reminded me like these antique success books that I I collect. Super earnest, all about developing your character, and it uses a story, an allegory, to impart these truths or these bits of wisdom along the way. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about this book, The Allegory of the, the Tugboat Captain. And uh, what are the eight essential actions to succeed at anything? So without further ado, Alden Mills, be unstoppable. Alden Mills, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be honest. All right. So your book is Be Unstoppable, the eight essential actions to succeed at anything. And before we get to that, Let's talk a little about your background because I think it's it's really unconventional. It's really interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of people who might not have heard of your name, but they know about the product that you got to market. So tell us a little about your your story. You know, the the best place when people ask me about my story, they they hear about kind of some of the things we've done, Brett. But at the end of the day, you know, I grew up in a small town outside of Boston, about an, in central Massachusetts. But I was kind of the uncoordinated, do left seat asthmatic kid. And I ended up through a series of trials and tribulations, overcoming that, becoming a Navy SEAL. And I I then invented the perfect push-up, which everyone thinks just kind of happened overnight. But perfect fitness was what I call the overnight success story that took 10 years. And through that period of inventing products, I invented my most important inventions, my four little boys, 
and ended up writing a book called The Unstoppable, which was originally really just designed for them. And then it grew to much more. It's fantastic. You're sort of like a, another Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt started out as an asthmatic kid and built himself up into a, a soldier. Uh, you know, that's interesting you bring him up. Uh, he is a big fan of mine, or a big fan of mine. I'm a big <laughs> fan of his. And uh, I, I've got a lot of inspiration out of him, especially uh, early in life when my mother would tell me, hey, look at some of the guys from the past for thinking about your future. And he was one of them. Yeah, well, we're big fans of Teddy Roosevelt at The Art of Manliness as well. Um, so you said you wrote this book, Be Unstoppable, for your your kids, for your sons. And I thought it was interesting. So it's it's a it's a book that's it's designed to pass on some values on, on success and personal development. But unlike a lot of like airport business self-improvement books that sort of give bullet points, uh, you you use a story or a parable. Why did you do that? When to first you gotta really understand why I wrote the book in the first place. Uh, I had gone back in the reserves after going through business school in 2000. And when I was back in the reserves, um, and I hadn't really thought much about it, I started seeing some of my buddies coming back on their shield uh, in 2003, 2004 in particular. And what I mean by that is they gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country. And it made me think about what I had to prepare for before I'd go into battle. Um, and in this case, really what I'm referring to as battle is uh, going on deployments overseas. And those were what were called just-in-case letters. So if you came back on your shield when they handed the flag over to a loved one, there was a letter that was written from the deceased to their loved ones. And I had written three of those for the three different deployments I had gone on. And uh, it made me start wondering what those guys, my friends, had written to their children. Uh, and I was a new father at the time. And that put me down the path after ended up uh, having four boys, uh, wondering how I could pass along some tidbits to them. And as I started to look at it, persistence by far and away was the over arching theme that I wanted to pass along to them, but I didn't want to do it just standing on a soapbox saying, okay, do this, then do that. I wanted to create something interesting that they could remember. And of course, you know, I had to work the Navy and, or at least the sea into it. And that's how the parable came to be. Awesome. So basically the, the, the reader's digest version is about this young, it's, it's this sort of, it's a town where everyone gets a, a boat right and they go to the school and they go out and they can add on to their boat to take on better and bigger jobs or they can just kind of be a barge boat if they wanted to um this one young guy he uh just was having problems he wasn't he didn't do very well in school finally got out there and he flubbed his first trip uh, across the harbor then he encounters this magical captain um Tell us about this captain. Like, what were you trying to? He's not just a regular captain. He is a a master and commander. What is a master and commander? And what were you trying? What kind of archetype were you were you trying to reach or connect with with this this captain? Uh, captain Peter, the master and commander, 
really what I was trying to inspire my boys and those that are really have the courage to go after their dreams. And uh, by the way, dreams don't mean that you have to go just be an entrepreneur, but what dreams do do is they have to be, I mean, real dreams in my mind are ones that are unique to you. Uh, it doesn't mean that there aren't other people who have similar dreams where you can team up, but the whole idea behind a master and commander is that you have enough independence and courage that you're not beholden to one job or, or somebody else's dream uh, if it's not in alignment with yours, that you have that courage to go out and live the life that you want to live and not be forced into some box of, well, I've got to do this for X number of years and then that. And Captain Peter was really amalgam of different people that had come through in my life that that whispered, sometimes shouted in my ears, uh, different elements of what it takes to succeed. And these elements, as I started really pulling my belly button out over seven years, uh, they all added up to one thing. And that was persisting, persevering, understanding that there's only two limitations in life, your imagination and your determination. Okay, so this... Uh... Learning how to persist, so, you know, the whole idea yes. of becoming unstoppable. And, and to do that, uh, Captain Peter teaches it's a Tim, Ted, Ted was the bad guy, right? Or he wasn't the bad guy. Correct. Ted was the guy who, who was sort of a, he had, he had a, he had a fixed mindset. Thought that, uh, Tim, was it Tim? Tim. Tim Correct. had the growth mindset. So Captain Peter teaches Tim the master's code. Um, mm -hmm. So the first one of that, and I thought that was really interesting, is that to become unstoppable, to learn the master's code, you have to understand your why first. Why is that the most important? Understanding your why. Uh, and why do people have such a hard time figuring out their why in life? Okay, so those are two big questions. Sure. And to me, it is really, it's the foundation for not just the book, but any important thing you want to do in life. Um, the, the first part about, well, why do people, what, what's the why and why is it hard for lots of different people to, to find it or you know, even try to find their why? Now, the first piece is the why to me is if you look at the most important verb in life, I would say that verb is called care. Some may say, well, no, it's love. Well, care is really the basis of love. And for you to really understand and continue to get up when you get knocked down, you've got to be in alignment with what you truly care about. Look at every great dynamic person, and dynamic meaning they've got – they, they've been going after dreams, whether it's Martin Luther King, whether it's Gandhi, or whether it was Michael Monsoor who jumped on a grenade to save his fellow seals in Ramadi. They all had something so powerful that they believed in, that they cared about. They were willing to give their life for that. 
And and that is understanding the why of why it is you want to go after what you want to do. The why is the hard part. The what is actually not as hard. It you've got to be consistent at knocking out the the doing. But until you understand why you're going to get up every morning at X hour to do Y work, then it's not going to, you, you won't have the stick with itness to stick with it. And that brings me to the second piece of your question, which is, well, gee, you know, why is it so hard for people to stick with their why? Or why is it so hard for people to find a why? It's that so many folks get caught up in, well, Everybody likes red Ferraris, so I guess I need to have a red Ferrari. Everybody needs to have X number of dollars in a bank account, so I've got to do that. Well, everybody goes to college, then they go to this job, and then to this job, and then I got to be a VP by 30 or something. Because there's this groupthink of society that, hey, no, 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 I, I, we all got to compete for this social hierarchy. When the great things that happened and what made this country great were people bucking the trend, finding their own course, and going after what they were willing to give their lives to do. Most of us today is is really figuratively, it's not literally, uh, except for our great men and women in armed services. Everybody else, for the most part, it's about alignment with what's so important in their life that they're willing to dedicate everything they got. And how, go do you, for it. how do you figure that out? Is it just self reflection? I mean, how do you get away from that group think? Is it just a lot of self reflection? Is it, what is it? You know, I think um, you've got to take three different angles to getting there, much in the same way when uh, we go out into the woods and we're lost, and they do this on purpose for land navigation and SEAL team. They, they drop you out. They put you in a, a dark truck. You have no idea where you are. They give you a compass and a map, and then you got to go find three landmarks. Take take a and and you basically shoot different compass settings off the three landmarks to get your one position. Right, the the three lines cross in that intersection. You're like, okay, I think I know where I am. So in the case of your why, one great intersection is saying, hey, what would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? What would be the things that I would just love to be doing in my life if I could not fail? Unfortunately, somewhere along the line between high school, college, and maybe even before high school, kids stop dreaming up crazy ideas, and they start thinking, okay, well, this is what society expects. We all know how to dream. We all know how to come up with really cool helicopters that turn into submarines, but at some point they forget that. So after we stop thinking about, okay, well, what would I do that I couldn't fail? Go out and do another intersection of who would I like to, whose lifestyle would I like to follow? Who's, who's life? Who's, who's that mentor? Like when we talked earlier about Teddy Roosevelt, I started, my mother started pointing me like, go look at people in the past. And you'd be like, man, I'd love to have those kinds of experiences in life. Right? So you've got one intersection of what would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? Another intersection of, hey, these are what people have done in the past. Boy, I'd love to emulate what they were like. And then the final piece is do 
do a little account balance sheet of yourself of, hey, what are the things that I'm passionate about? And what are the things that I could really find a purpose in? And I'm a big believer in passion and purpose, which, by the way, I think when you connect the two of them, that really equals what I really care about. But if you were to say to yourself, like, well, what's passion and purpose? Well, you can be passionate about lots of things, but you got to find that purpose in them. It's like uh, two oars in the water, a port and a starboard. If you can link up the passion and purpose as your third intersection, that's going to help you get to your why. But in, in a lot of cases, Brett, the why isn't just something that just pops out overnight. I mean, I started as a young kid. I didn't wake up one day and go, well, I want to be a Navy SEAL and invent the perfect push-up. No, I woke up one day and I had a coach who I had all these kids making fun of me of my thunder thighs. And then one day I ended up seeing a coach who looked at my thighs and said, whoa, those are great big thighs. You ought to be a rower. And then I ended up rowing. And then rowing took me to to the Naval Academy. And then the Naval Academy rowing took me to field team. And field team rowing took me to having the confidence to start my own business. So it's not like you've got to develop your why immediately overnight for the rest of your life. Think about your why for the next three to six months of, boy, what would I do that would just get me so excited that I'd be thinking about it when I pee in the middle of the night. <laughs> I love that. All right. So figure out your why. The next principle of a master commander is they have to know how to plan. And I thought it was really mm -hmm. interesting. You, you talked about 3D planning or planning in three dimensions. How do you do that sort of planning? Um, so first of all, 3D planning, and it is 3D. It's meant in uh, – it's a double entendre between three dimensions – and what I mean on three dimensions, and I give talks around the country on this, most people think of X and Y axis. The X and Y axis would be um, more dollars, less dollars, and on the other side of the axis would be more function, less function of something. Well, if you then remember going back to our earlier days of how to figure out volume on something, there's a Z axis out there. That Z axis is what I bring in as the third dimension or it's time. And if you apply those three elements, you then start realizing that the whole thing about planning is the preparation of it, because no plan ever goes according to plan. But the preparation of the planning helps you in dealing with the things that are going to go wrong. It's just going to happen. And once you start doing that planning process, you start to appreciate what I call the other element of 3D is, hey, at the end of the day, it's not all about the plan. It's about the preparation. And the preparation is by first defining what you're going after, dividing it up into bite-sized chunks, and doing it daily. Because no plan is worth its salt unless you do the execution. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. 
So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. If you're like my family, we're getting to the busy part of the year. Spring sports are happening, a lot of after-school activities. So sometimes planning and cooking dinner, just don't have time for that. That's where Factor Meals comes in. With Factor, you get fresh, never-frozen meals that are chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. With Factor, you get restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. No prepping, no cooking, no cleanup needed. It's also less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious. So we've been using Factor Meals in the McKay household for a while now. There's a lot of reasons why we like them. First off, the food tastes great. Last week, I had creamy pesto pork chop with spinach, cauliflower, rice, roasted green beans. Tasted fantastic. But the big selling point, it's easy. There's no cooking. There's no cleaning up. It's great for those nights when you're busy and you don't have much time uh, to to take care of dinner and you don't want to do takeout because you feel gross after takeout. If you'd like to try Factor Meals, head to factormeals.com slash manliness50 and use code MANLINESS50 to get 50% off. That's code MANLINESS50 at factormeals.com slash MANLINESS50 to get 50% off. Check it out today and make sure to check out the creamy pesto pork chop. It's really good. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the Masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of known in negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. 
Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. Yeah, well, you said an interesting point about how no plan, like it's the same, like plans often fail when they first come in contact with the enemy. Um, no plan ever goes according to plan. And so improvisation is required. Um, and it's a skill that I think is really important for young people to develop. I feel like a lot of young people have this hard time of adapting on the fly um, because they, they're so used to having people, this is what you do, here's here's this, uh, this path you need to follow. So how do you learn to improvise, um, overcome unforeseen changes? Uh, the first thing I think you need to do is understand what I call the three eyes of improvise. The three eyes of improvise are the three most important verbs around improvise. If you look at improvise as the main verb, there is invent, innovate, and improve. Those are the three basic ways you can improvise. When I say invent, invent is like creating a segue. So creating something that is completely revolutionary, it has no reference point, it's going to take a lot of time to educate people on it. Now, innovation, on the other hand, or innovating, is the one that most of society is used to seeing. There's a reference point. As an example, the perfect push-up. The perfect push-up was an invention or an innovation, not an invention, which was my first product, the body rub. That was, and I almost lost my company around it because I didn't understand that difference. But in the innovation, the reference point on the perfect push-up was a U-shaped push-up candle that went onto a rotating base plate. So it was just a tweak on an existing product. And then the final improvising, which you see a lot of, and you end up seeing a lot of kind of failed products or a lot of Me Too products, is improving. Improving is nothing more than going from a little basic step to another one. Uh, we're going to, this year, our improvement on the product will be adding different colors, or we're going to add a new texture, or we'll do a little tweak and a nip and a tuck. It's not anything more than just incremental improving or something. So first, helping people understand, hey, there are three basic ways to improvise. And then the third thing, and then the second thing to understand is you got to fail. You just have to be prepared to do lots of failing. And think of it like Thomas Edison when he would say, hey, it's, I learned 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. The first thing is empowering the next generation, any generation for that matter, that the only time you really fail is when you don't learn from what didn't work. I'd love to come up with a new word that's not failing. It's just, oh, okay, I figured it out another way from something not to work. Great. That's, that can be its own success. But getting people in the mindset of just trying something, because anybody can do any, through any one of the three eyes that I just discussed. For those who are like our listeners who are managers, right? How do you encourage that with the people you are you're managing, or you're 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 not managing? You work with them, right? You don't you don't boss people around. You work with them. Learn that from Captain Pete. Oh, uh, Brett, I'm so glad you clarified that. There statement. you go. I know Captain Pete got really stern. Uh, that means, yeah, it's you work with people. Work. I have never met anybody that says, "Hey, she, uh, I really can't wait to be managed." Yeah. I want to grow up and be managed. No, we manage time and money and resources, but we don't manage people. So um, the people that we're leading. So how do we how do we how do we encourage that, you know, you can you can fail that and and figure things out and that's okay. Because I think a lot of people 
they play it safe because they don't want to lose their job. They don't want they want to they don't want to get in trouble. But how do you encourage that that uh, the improvisation, that risk taking, that can actually lead to bigger and better things? Uh, the first way that I do the encouragement is the same way that I learned it when I was a young platoon commander in SEAL team, and I came back from my first big training exam which is um, this large operation that you plan for several weeks on. And and my commanding officer in front of the entire team is like, no, let's give us a report. I give him the report. And like, so you're telling me your, your op went perfectly, Mills? I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, that's not what I want to hear. I'm like, I, uh, I don't, I'm not tracking with it. He goes, no, I want to understand where are the areas that are going to break. If you're not training hard enough to understand what's going to break, then you're going to learn in the battlefield what's breaking. We want you to learn what's breaking in the training ground. And so the public encouragement in front of entire teams, letting them know, hey, I'm not asking you to just fail for failure's sake, but as we're going out and creating whatever it is, whether it's a service whether it's a product, in our case, we make lots of products here at Perfect Fitness. We actually design the product in the beginning with what we think is the minimal amount of material that can get by testing, but set really high testing results. And it turns out the products usually fail the first couple of test runs through there because we're trying to understand, okay, what is safe, what's not safe, and figuring out that breaking point early. The same thing goes when you're bringing in teams and they're working on, you know, if you're in a service industry, the failure could be, all right, we're getting a whole bunch of disgruntled callers saying, we don't like that anymore. Then that's telling you, then we just figured out our failure for this. But the idea of encouraging people to push the envelope, and I would say this safely, at the same time knowing that it's going to go up and down the chain of command that there's support through there where it's also documented what you're learning from your failure is the first step to encouraging teams to work together to push the boundaries. Gotcha. Uh, so one of the other principles of the code of the mastering commander, and I thought it was really interesting, uh, was physical exercise. What, what is it about physical yeah. exercise that can help you become unstoppable in business or in your family or whatever venture you're, you're going in? So, Exercise is, and that's another double entendre. Hold on one second. Okay. Okay. People walking around giving me hugs here. Uh, This whole thing about exercise, and I think this is what people forget, is for you to go out and persist, for you to go out and go after big dreams, for you to go out and and really live an extraordinary life, you need stamina. You need strength. You need the ability to get up again and again, day after day, and slug it out. Well, that that just doesn't come from a cup of coffee. It comes from your own platform of making things happen, which would be your body. And so when people start to understand, hey, you know what? Actually, my body has a symbiotic relationship with its most important organ, which can't be transplanted. That would be the brain. SEAL team, they call the body the brain housing group. 
in that the brain is only as good as what the body delivers to it. That's both in the nutrient side of the equation, but also in blood flow. And blood flow is directly dependent on cardiovascular capability. The two of those, and then if the brain is telling the body, hey, I want you to climb that mountain, or you need to do uh, pull your body up over this, or push your body away from that, well, your body, if your body can't do it, you can't perform the work, you can't go after the things in life you really want to do. So the chapter I call is Exercise to Execute is really another play on verbs of saying, it is all about execution. It is all about taking action, but you're only going to be able to take as much action as your body is conditioned for, which is why exercise and getting in that mindset. And by the way, I'm not talking about turning people into an Arnold Schwarzenegger here. We're talking about 30 minutes of walking a day. We're talking about doing some basic body conditioning. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So here's here's a question that I I had when I finished the book. Uh, we, we're not going we haven't gotten into all the principles. I want people to go and read it because it's really great. But what do you do once you're a master and commander, figuratively? How do you stay hungry and humble even after you've had success? Um, and some of the biggest fears are like how do you how do you maintain that drive to keep to keep going after new and bigger and better goals? Uh, the first one in my mind is to to never rest on your laurels, to always say, hey, what's the next thing I can learn? Uh, I think everyone should be adopting uh, a life, a mindset in life of never stop learning. You know, I love hearing about the 90-year-old that's gone back to college or um, the 80-year-old that's decided I'm going to try a new job or a new instrument. I mean, we ought to constantly be learning until the day we get promoted. And in first in having that mindset, and then second, and I remember a commanding officer telling me this right after I thought, hey, I was pretty cool doing a particular operation was, hey, Mills, there's always somebody better out there. There is always somebody better out there than you. And so whether it's somebody in the arena um, that you want to play in or on the battlefield, there's always somebody better. And if you want to be the best of whatever it is you want to be the best, or if it's just, gee, I think I've learned everything. I don't need to learn anything more. Well, that's a big red flag. And the more you can start catching yourself, and it won't happen in the beginning. We'll all make those mistakes. We all do. Because we're human, we got the ego, which is our our number one ally and can be our worst enemy at the same time. But the more we can encourage ourselves to be humble and be a humble servant of those around us, I think the more we'll appreciate how much we can get out of life. Fantastic. Well, the book was fantastic, and I, I think it's a. I'd recommend it if you're listening. If you have sons or just daughters too. It's great for them. Um, but Alden, where can people find out more about your work and about the book? I, I have a website called Be Unstoppable with Alden Mills. I know it's a mouthful, but uh, I'll post, I usually post uh, speeches that I do around the country on that. I always encourage people to send notes. They can find me on 
uh, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And uh, it really is a joy to inspire others to to go after living the life that they've just imagined. Great. Well, we'll be sure to post those link up on, on our site when we publish the podcast. Well, Alden, it's been a fa- great conversation. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Hey, Brett. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I love what you do at Art of Manliness. Keep it up. Thank you. Our guest today was Alden Mills. He is the author of the book, Be Unstoppable, The Eight Essential Actions to Succeed at Anything. You can find that on Amazon.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever it is you use to listen to the podcast to help get the word out about the show and help us get some feedback so we can uh, learn how to improve it. So until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you to stay manly. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.